by nature or by personality, I'm someone who tends to wait. I waited until I was married to have sex. Jenny and I waited seven years before having our first child. I waited 19 years from the time I felt a call to become a pastor to actually getting ordained as a pastor. And my dad waited decades for my mom to turn her heart to God. And it took about with breast cancer to tip the scales in that direction. We're told that good things come to those who wait, but that ain't always true. For those of you who are younger than the age of 21, I got some bad news for you. You're going to spend a good deal of your life waiting. And Dr. Seuss captures some of that angst when he wrote about the waiting place in his book, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or a no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. Here's what I want you to know today. God works while you wait. God works while you wait. God is doing something while you wait. And because of the pandemic and the lockdowns and the restrictions, A lot of us have been hanging out in the waiting place over the past year. We've been waiting for things to get back to normal. We've been waiting for things to reopen, things like schools or restaurants or Disney World or church. We've been waiting for the vaccine. We've been waiting for the end of this pandemic. And let's just be honest, we Americans aren't really good at waiting, are we? The story of God's people, however, is a story of waiting. If you're going to sign on to the Jesus thing, you're going to have to wait. What can I tell you? God's people wait. Abraham waited for a son. Jacob waited for a wife. Joseph waited in prison. Hannah waited for a son. Jesus waited to start his public ministry, and we're still waiting for him to return. Tucked away in Luke's gospel is the story of Simeon, sometimes told around Christmas because he's the fellow who gets to meet baby Jesus in the temple when baby Jesus was just eight days old. Joseph and Mary, Jesus' parents, are devout Jews. So, Eight days after baby Jesus arrives in Bethlehem, they take the short trip to Jerusalem, baby in tow, to offer the required sacrifice for a firstborn son. And because they were poor as church mice, they offered a couple of birds, all they could afford. And while they were there, they meet this man named Simeon. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. 
he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And he had revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what, had, what was being said about him. And then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. There are two adjectives that describe Simeon, righteous and devout, righteous and devout, righteous and devout. You know who else was described that way by Luke? Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. Righteous, sometimes translated as just, had to do with being obedient to God's command toward people by loving your neighbor. Simeon was a just man in how he dealt with others. Devout had to do with being obedient to God's command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But Luke tells us something else. Luke tells us that Simeon was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. This this eagerly waiting had to do with what God had promised through the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 40, the prophet says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone. And from Isaiah 42, look, look at my servant whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I've put my spirit upon him. He'll bring justice to the nations and to all who have been wronged. Jesus, like Simeon, or uh, Jews rather, Jews like Simeon had been waiting for over 500 years after returning to Jerusalem from exile for this promise to to pass. Jews had been waiting a long time. Simeon, by the way, in Hebrew means God has heard. Now Luke also tells us that Simeon was filled by the Spirit, not unlike John the Baptist or even Jesus himself. Simeon had a, a sensitivity to the Spirit, one which prompted him to accost Joseph and Mary as they were heading into the temple. This this baby is the one, the one we've been waiting for, the Messiah, God's deliverer, the one promised through the prophet Isaiah. And notice what, what Simeon says to Mary, Jesus will divide people, Jesus will sift people, Jesus will sort people. In other words, the reaction that people have to Jesus will reveal their true reaction to God. Let me tell you, it was true then, and it's still true today, 2,000 years 
later. Lewis Smeads put puts it this way. He says, waiting is our destiny. As creatures who cannot by themselves bring about what they hope for, we wait in darkness for a flame we cannot light. We wait in fear for a happy ending we cannot write. We wait for a not yet that feels like not ever. Waiting is the hardest work of hope. So when we wait like Simeon or Abraham or Jacob or Joseph or Hannah or, or even Jesus, God is, God is teaching us patience. Because as Isaiah says at the end of chapter 40, those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. So let me ask a couple of questions in light of this encounter with Simeon, in light of the fact that God is at work while we wait. Let me ask, how is waiting difficult for you? What's the hardest part for you about waiting, about not knowing how things might turn out? And do you think there's a connection between waiting and faith? Do you think there's a connection between waiting and faith? Let me suggest a couple of things in light of this passage. There is a difference between passive waiting and active waiting. As Ashley Lauren puts it, passive waiting can take the form of cynicism, complaining, or simply doing nothing. Active waiting, however, is a posture that seeks to cultivate habits that are focused on intentional preparation. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus tells the story about servants that are entrusted with something uh, and they have to wait for their master's return. And those servants are expected to serve while they wait. And that's, that's the expectation that God has for us. We serve while we wait. Now, if, for example, you're waiting for the right person to come along, work on your issues, work on you, get your act together. If, you're, if, for example, you're waiting for a job or a position to unlock, develop the skills needed for it. Volunteer, learn, read. These are active waiting stances. So there, there's a difference between passive waiting and active waiting. The second thing I want to draw from this passage is that filled with the Spirit means you're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. Simeon was sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. That's why he accosted Joseph and Mary. If you sense that you're supposed to speak to someone, if you feel a nudge like you're supposed to reach out to someone, do it. For crying out loud, do it. Chances are it is the Holy Spirit in you prompting you to do that. And let me, let me say this. If it's been a while since you have felt the Spirit's leading Maybe it's time to examine your life for ongoing sin. Maybe it's time to cultivate some of the habits that open your heart to the leading of the Spirit. Things like reading or hearing God's Word. Things like prayer. Things like communal life with other believers. Okay? 
Filled with the Spirit means you're sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. I think God does a lot of things where he gives us visual examples of of how life works, of how the universe works. And the fact of the matter is God is doing something in us. God is doing something. God is at work while we wait. And I think the Chinese bamboo tree beautifully exemplifies this. Now, the Chinese bamboo tree is one of the most remarkable plants on earth. Okay, so once a gardener plants the seed, He'll see nothing but a single shoot coming out of the bulb for the first five years. And that, that shoot only gets a few inches tall. That's it. Five years, a few inches. Not very impressive, is it? During all that time the gardener is caring for the plant, it just produces five, you know, four or five inches out of the ground. But at the end of those five years, something amazing happens. That Chinese bamboo tree will grow an amazing 90 feet in just 90 days. That's a foot a day. Now, you got to ask yourself, when did the tree actually grow? During the first five years or during those last 90 days? Well, the answer is underneath the soil. For the first five years, the only thing that Chinese bamboo tree is doing is burrowing roots underground, burrowing roots underground that can support the weight and the growth that's to come. God works while you wait, and God is doing something inside of you while you wait.